And welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. This episode is sponsored by Solveto. Continuous learning is the driver for success, growth, and well-being. Learn or expire and keep your Azure skills up to date. Act now by going to solveto.fi slash pro. I'm Tobias. I'm back again with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. Two things top of mind on, on this fine day. First is I took a break from Twitter and Instagram for all of January. And as we are recording this now in early February, that means I was away from those two social media services for about a month. And it did good. But at the same time, I did realize I like Twitter quite a bit as a social media because oftentimes you maybe have an interesting blog article or perhaps you just want to ask something that's not strictly a work-related thing. And since I'm not on Facebook, I didn't really have like an outlet to reach out to people to ask about anything from anybody. And LinkedIn, I, I feel it's it's not great for that. And Instagram, I, I have no, no clue why I use it, but it's fun, I think. So good to be back. But the second thing is, yesterday I was working in, in a cafe and I forgot my reading glasses at home. So I've had these for about three months. And I have reached a point now that if I do not have my reading glasses on and I open my laptop, it feels really awkward. You sort of feel you're missing out on something. And I think this was inevitable and it was bound to happen. All right. So on my side, I think I am becoming a master of the fireplace. And in the sense that you know, energy consumption is it's so expensive now around here. Uh, so we are using the fireplace more. But mostly it's very cozy and it reminds me of when I go outdoors and we really want to do that more. And we usually do fires in the woods when we do multi-day hikes. So that's top of mind for me right now. It's to kind of plan a one or two day long hike with cooking equipment that I bring with me with all the raw ingredients for whatever I'm going to cook and just have a nice analog experience for a while. And I bring, bring all the tents and sleeping gear, protective gear, tarps, axes, whatever is needed to really survive for a couple of days in the in the woods. So despite if the weather is, as some people claim, very bad, uh, I embrace that. I really, really like when when you have a good storm and you just go into venture into the wilderness. And I guess he used to just turning his head like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I just absolutely love that. So now when it's been so cold and dark here, we've lit up the fireplace and that just got me thinking, I need to get out more and I, I need to really get out and do one of those good excursions again. So that's top of mind for me, planning my next analog adventure into the woods. Sounds awesome. If it's rainy and stormy outside, I am not going out. Alrighty, so today Azure updates. Our frequent look at what is interesting and what has been updated or announced on anything Azure related. So we both have our lists. Let me go first, because this is this is something fairly simple. Generally available now, Azure load testing. And we talked about this service when it was in preview, and I did look this up. During episode 115, I will put in the show notes the link to that episode as well, if you want to learn more about this specific service. So Azure load testing is generally available. It has the same capabilities as it had when we talked about it the last. Pricing has also been set typically for 
public preview capabilities on Azure, pricing might be slashed to minus 50% or it might not be announced. I did check this up. The pricing is 9.2 euro a month for a single load testing resource, which includes 50 virtual user hours. So depending on what sort of testing you're doing, the virtual user hours will then be consumed against your, your tests. And additional user hours are about 13 cents each. So not inherently free, and depending obviously what you're doing, but at least the 50 virtual user hours you get with the default 9.2 euro a month. All right, I, I really like that one. So I, I do remember the episode we had on that. I also recently wrote a blog post about that. And I, I've tried that out. I've actually used it for some production workloads at some point as well. And I absolutely love this service. So I love that this is now with a public pricing uh, so you understand what the cost impact will be. Because coming back to something we've talked a lot about in this show is cost management and, and reliability and not just reliability of a service, but reliability of your Azure build. Because uh, I, I think we touched on that at some point where we both used that service that kind of escalated in the billing a little bit. So being pricing aware is and cost aware is is very good. So the price for this, just some an opinion on that. I think the price is good, like 10 euros a month or 9.2 euros a month for a resource, including those free virtual hours. However, 50 virtual hours is not a lot if you have at scale load testing. So someone who whoever's doing that will now need to go to the calculator and kind of calculate what the actual cost would be because I'm pretty sure you're going to break the, the boundary pretty quickly. So the first update on my side, and I found only like three updates that I want to highlight in this episode. So the first one is Chaos Studio. And Chaos Studio now have public preview updates in January 2023, which is now in episode 108, we talked about wrecking havoc with Chaos Studio. So we have talked a little bit about it. So what I'm talking about now is Chaos Studio public preview feature updates and fault updates. So the feature updates are that you now have VNet injection that allows a Chaos resource provider to kind of inject containerized workloads into your VNet. And that allows you to access resources without public endpoints. That was one of the things when I tried this out that I was missing because I was operating fully isolated. Nothing had public endpoints. Nothing were coming from the outside in. Now there's a way to do that. Dynamic targeting that currently supports, that's uh, supported for the uh, VMSS or virtual machine scale set shutdown, uh, V2 fault. And uh, like dynamic targeting that allows you to more easily target specific resources by availability zone. So for example, you choose to you choose a, a set of targets to run your experiments on. What I like about that is if you're testing your applications and your architectures and your setup using Chaos Studio, now you can target an availability zone. For example, what happens if you inject faults in that area? What happens in, if you inject, inject faults on the VMs running in that zone? Like a minor update, but it could have huge impact on how you do things. This is now also available in Australia East, the region. And finally, service tags are now enabled in Chaos Studio. And a service tag is a group of IP addresses or IP address prefixes that can be assigned to inbound and outbound NSG rules or network security group rules. So a couple of new capabilities on Chaos Studio. 
And because I have used it and I have played around with this and injected faults here and there, these are the kind of the interesting updates on uh, on that. And talking about the faults that you can inject into the resources, you have VMSS or virtual machine scale set shutdown 2.0. And that's an updated version of the VMSS shutdown one fault, um, which now supports dynamic targeting that I just mentioned. Uh, so what does that do? Well, it shuts down or kills your VM scale set instance during the faults and then restarts the VM and, and the at the end of the fault duration. So, uh, or if the experiment is canceled. So uh, like a fault, just to set the scene, we did cover this in the previous episode on Chaos Duty, but a fault is something you inject saying, we're now injecting faults into your application, into your design, into your architecture to see how you can handle that. Do you have disaster recovery? Do you have a backup plan? Do you have resiliency? Do you have failovers? All of that is something that Chaos Studio is, is very good at, like just injecting random faults. So the final thing that is updated around faults that I think is also very, very interesting, and this will be interesting to anyone operating anything in Azure using Key Vaults. So now you have Key Vault certificate faults with Chaos Studio. And this is, again, still in preview. And that means the fault can increment the certificate version. That generates a new cert version and a new thumbprint using the Key Vault certificate client library. You can have it disable a certificate. So that will disable the certificate for any given period, or it can update a certificate policy, and that can uh, change various certificate policies during an experiment, and then it reverts the changes after that duration. Why is that interesting? Well, having operated, you know, SaaS solutions, distributed cloud solutions at scale, you know, spread a, a across the globe, one thing that is super tricky is figuring out what happens if our uh, certificate expires or gets disabled, or in this case, we get a new version. You can simulate that now, and you can test this in your testing environments. You can even test it in production, um, in a limited set of your production environment, or in a specific region, and you can say, inject these faults on the key vault and see what will happen. And then you know if your disaster recovery, if your backups, if your resiliency plans, if your certificate rollover uh, automation is gonna work or not, if you have one. So it was a long update with a, a lot of things baked into that one, but Chaos Studio public preview updates in January, 2023. A lot of cool stuff in there. If you haven't taken a look at that, check the show notes. We're gonna put the link to Chaos Studio in there. Super super interesting so i'm definitely going to take that specifically the key vault certificate uh, fault update i'm going to take that for a spin this is a fine example of of how microsoft usually operates now they announced chaos studio about about a year ago that was the 1.0 and i feel now it's sort of is closer to 2.0 a lot of updates more capabilities more more features if you will and and perhaps this is a good Sort of an example on on how the services on azure typically operate something new is announced then it easily takes up to a year for the service service to become more advanced more mature to be used in an enterprise environment good stuff next on my list this is interesting generally available indirect enterprise agreement on azure cost management and billing please do not fall asleep yet this is good stuff <laughs> so what this means is that if you have an enterprise agreement based uh, Azure environment, meaning you would use the EA portal 
or managing your subscriptions, your billing, and, and the API access. You no longer will have those capabilities after February 20, 2023. Meaning, those capabilities are finally now available on Azure Portal if your environment is through the enterprise agreement. And this is great. The, the, the primary reason for this being the EA portal was always super slow, a little bit confusing, and you would have different roles and acts that there than you would have in any of your Azure subscriptions or your Azure AD tenants. So with customers, it would often be fairly confusing to figure out, so who has access to grant me access to the billing data so that we can do whatever analysis on, on cost. And then we would hunt down for that one, one person at the finance department who had their Hotmail account set in the EA portal nine years ago to grant me access, and that would take two weeks. But now when there's finally being shifted to Azure portal, I, I feel these sort of missing capabilities these are mostly the last capabilities I was sort of hoping to find in Azure. So that's already available. It's generally available now, but the old features will retire closer to end of February. All right, cool. That's good to know. So one of the things I, I have on my side is another preview feature, and that's Container Insights support for AKS hybrid clusters. So you can enable Azure Monitor Container Insights for your lifecycle managed AKS on Azure Stack HCI. And that kind of helps you identify resource bottlenecks, view and analyze the overall controller or pod performance. Some things like this could be tricky in the past or you had to be, because I, I was operating a couple of Kubernetes clusters at, at some point. It could be tricky to get the insight into the controllers or the pods, like how are we doing with the performance? You know, what can what key things do we need to monitor? And how do we get that metric into like the overall thing that that we're monitoring or into our dashboards? And and you know, Azure Monitor Container Insights will help uh, do that now. Uh, you can also configure alerts to proactively notify when your resource utilization exceeds specific thresholds. So for example, one thing that uh, I, I know by experience that we were doing is we're running a lot of stuff and a lot of CPU intensive stuff on, on these things. And like every pod had uh, a CPU and memory allocated to it, but very often we exhausted the research of the entire server because we were doing pretty intense stuff. So hopefully using alerts now with Azure Monitor Container Insights, that is something that you can be more proactively figuring out so whenever you have deployed something that is exhausting uh, the resources available, then you'll get an alert and you can figure figure that out and and see how you need to deal with the, the strategy around that. But anyway, preview feature, container insights support for AKS hybrid clusters. So for your kind of life, life cycle managed AKS on Azure Stack HCI. So anything Azure Monitor is always exciting. Anything where you get insights into your operations and management of your kind of cloud estate is important. So this is yet another important step in the right direction of bringing observability to the crowd. So I, I really like this. That's an interesting one. And I, I think the key there is the Azure Stack HCI, which is a special type of, of a hybrid or edge uh, implementation. Alrighty, uh, the next one for me, this is in public preview. 
Azure database for MySQL logic apps and Power Automate integration. So what this is in practice, it's a new connector when you want to manipulate your MySQL databases. You want to do updates, insert rows, delete rows, and, and whatnot from an automation or an integration solution. The small downside here is that this requires the flexible server type of Azure database for MySQL. So it's not supported if you have a regular Azure database for MySQL, which is the default, but this requires the more enterprisey sort of an approach. So if you want to run this on the Power Automate side, which is part of our platform, this will be a premium connector. So you would need the uh, uh, respective licenses in place on the Power Platform side in order to light up this connector so that you can use this. But if you use this from the Logic App side, which obviously runs on Azure, it's not a premium connector. And, and, and for that, you would simply add the connector and, and, and define the MySQL flexible server address, and then you would get visibility into the database and you could do whatever you like. All right. Yeah, that's also interesting. I only have one more update, also something to do with, with SQL. So this is in GA, and that SQL server gets Azure AD authentication. So again, that SQL server. So previously, uh, supporting Azure SQL database, Azure SQL managed instance, SQL server on Windows Azure VMs, and Azure Synapse Analytics, that was supporting Azure AD authentication already, right? So, so we had that, but now it's supporting SQL Server 2022. So it doesn't necessarily have to be running on a Windows Azure VM. So use AAD auth, single sign-on, unify SQL Server authentication and leverage multi-factor authentication this way, which is really interesting. So I think that is a, a, actually a really good update. I know a lot of customers are using SQL Server. So again, it's in GA, it's available right now. So support for SQL Server 2022 and Azure AD authentication to bring the juice with single sign-on and multi-factor and all this stuff. So that's uh, it's a short update, but very important one. I know a lot of people are relying on SQL Server. So take a look at that, see if that's something that you can use if you're using SQL Server 2022. Just consider that yet another step in the right direction for zero trust and security. That looks really good. I wonder if we'll ever reach a state that we would not need SQL authentication to be enabled ever again in a, in a SQL. Uh, the last one on my list, this is also in a public preview, Azure Automation Visual Studio Code extension. Every now and then, I think we've sort of casually mentioned Azure Automation. For the longest of times, it was sort of a forgotten feature. And then I, I think somebody at Microsoft went like, okay, we really need to resurrect this service because it's actually quite good. It runs PowerShell-based playbooks or runbooks, I think is it's the correct term. And now there's a Visual Studio Code extension that allows you to create and manage and operate those runbooks in an Azure Automation instance within VS Code, instead of hopping to Azure Portal to do the same things. So it's a nice little extension. I haven't tried this yet, but just looking at the screenshots like a real consultant is capable of doing, you can say, yeah, it looks awesome. Just go and go and try it. But let's see how it how it runs in the real world. Alrighty. Those were all the updates we had for this week. The last bit is the unexpected question. And 
Toby, it's going to be my turn to ask you, are you ready? Shoot. What movie would be greatly improved if it was made into a musical? <laughs> I, I have a lot of answers to, to that one, which may or may not be uh, possible to say in the podcast. So let's go with Batman, because we already have Cats as a big musical. So maybe this could be the new, uh, new thing on the block called Bats. And it would be about uh, Batman and, and his, uh, you know, journey from uh, being the spoiled rich brat to uh, uh, becoming the the vigilante of Gotham. I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's an angle for a musical here. I, I like your thinking. But when you say Batman, do you mean or imply perhaps the 1960s Adam West Batman or the 2022, the, the latest Batman movie or something in between or anything in between? I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking like the Dark Knight, which is very dark. Obviously, it's yeah. uh, you know, the there's not a lot of humor in it. It's it's a great movie, but it's uh, it's dark and clever. I'm I'm thinking that as a musical, pretty sure it's gonna go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd buy a ticket for that. Yeah. All righty. Thank you for tuning in. We'll have a fresh episode for you again next week on Wednesday. Bye bye. See you then.